Green Eggs and Horror content warning. Stories may contain adult language, adult situations, violence, and awesome. If you can't handle any of these things I just listed, I'd turn it off now. I'm Pete Nixon, and this is Green Eggs and Horror. Today's story is by Henry Gade, who has read a few stories in the anthology so far and wrote two of them. Unfortunately, he was recently forced into an asylum after he went mad at a man whom he said had an evil eye. Henry is probably the reason this anthology got made. Sure, I came up with the idea, but when I told him about it, it made like a Catholic priest and touched him somewhere he'd never been touched before. And now, our story. Try it. You'll like it. The Telltale Hat by Henry Gaudet Read by the author If you take the back stairs down to sub-basement four, take a right, then two lefts, and you'll come to a door. A peeling paint door with a peekaboo slot, and a massive black lot jammed with paint rust and rot. Inside is the Twiceling, in his dim little room, rocking and sobbing alone in the gloom. He won't answer questions. No, he won't say a word. He just goes on pretending that he never heard. But sometimes, if you're patient, and you wait by the door, the twiceling might rise from his spot on the floor. Slowly he'll come, press his eye to the slot, and if he likes what he sees, he just might tell you the lot. You think that I'm mad? Think I've lost my poor mind? Think I'm cracked because I'm here with my sleeves tied behind? An easy mistake. I might think that too if I stared through this whole wet straight jacket at you. But it's not me that's cracked and gone right round the bend. It's that crazy-eyed coot. He's behind this, my friend. The coot rode the bus. The 32A. I should know I did two on every third day. The first time I saw him, I just saw his hat and the back of his head from behind where I sat. It was a battered old topper, a dull weathered black that I'd barely have noticed from my seat in the back. Only he turned around then as the city whizzed by, and I was struck by the evil pouring forth from his eye. His left eye was fine. A bit squinty and blue, rimmed with wrinkles and lines from the life that he knew. 
of the right. It was huge. It bulged out of his head like some tobacco-stained orb oozing venom and dread. And that crazy eye stared, and my soul bled away. That mad eye bled every who on the 32A. A monster most monstrous, I knew at first sight. And I said to myself, I must set this thing right. So when he came to his stop on 13th and Jerome, I got off the bus, and I followed him home. He hobbled along on old feet with his cane, and I followed behind, trailing him through the rain. I followed him back to his house upon Vine, and I stopped at the gate with the no trespassing sign. I watched from the street till a quarter past light standing out in the dark in the rain by his gate. I was back the next day, and the day after that, determined to stop the mad coot in the hat. The days went on by and the weeks followed suit, yet my grim perseverance had yet to bear fruit. Not a soul would go in, nor would he go away after walking back home from the 32A. I'd have to go further, the stakes were too high. I'd have to confront the mad coot with the eye. So one rainy Tuesday, I hopped the coot's fence to do what I must for our common defense. I snuck up the back steps like some ninja-fied mouse. Then, one broken door later, I was inside the house. The kitchen was dark. I stood alone in the gloom. Then the coot pistol raised, crept into the room. He called out, Who's there? Still wearing his hat. Then I swung round his skillet with a cast iron bat. Again and again I brought down that black skillet, determined to open that mad head and kill it. But that crazy eye stared out from under the brim of that ridiculous hat all bloody and grim. It wouldn't stop staring. It bore into my head. And so I kept right on swinging till he was flattened past dead. I'd done it at last. I'd stopped that mad eye. I'd swatted him down like a common housefly. I'd kept the world safe. Kept them safe from this beast. They were all better off now that he was deceased. But no one must know. No, they'd not understand that this coot in the hat had to die by my hand. So I went to his stove and I turned on the gas. Blew out the pilot and prepared to haul ass. I lit a small candle, pulled the kitchen door shut, and I strolled back down vine with a bit of a strut. The rain was still falling at deep slumber o'clock when that deafening boom thundered down the whole block. I should have kept walking, but I had to make sure that the crazy-eyed coot didn't come out that door. It was silly, I know. Of course, he was dead with a lump of pate instead of a head. 
the neighbors came out, came in ones, threes, and twos, and the firemen next, then the cops, then the news. So I watched from the crowd as the flames ate the roof. And even at this, I still needed more proof. You see, I knew even then, with a dread most acute, a flat battered skull wouldn't stop that old coot. And then through the smoke and the rain and the night, a battered old topper, it popped into sight. Behind the reporter from Action News 5, a glimpse of a hat on a coot still alive. Then he vanished again. Vanished into the mob. I just had to find him and finish the job. And I saw him again there, deep in the throng. But just for a moment, still I dove in headlong, only to lose him. Rain and smoke as his shroud. I just spot him again moving through the hurt crowd. He was bleeding his neighbors with that mad bulbasai. If I couldn't stop him, how many would die? I turned to dive back into the crowd once again, but my progress was halted by two policemen. They were respectful and nice, these cops wanted to. A moment, please, sir. We've some questions for you. But the coot was still moving around in the street, his eye bleeding any whose soul he should meet. I hadn't a moment, my spare time was none. I couldn't waste time with Cop 2 and Cop 1. No point in explaining, no time for chit-chat, they'd not understand about the coot in the hat. So I apologized first, then I balled up my fist and I punched out Cop 2, swung for one, but I missed. They threw me down hard, wet road in my face, while the coot in the hat had the run of the place. I howled and I bellowed face down in the street. You can't find a coot hat by looking at feet! But the cops wouldn't listen. They just hauled me away. And the coot? He escaped. And he lives to this day. I won't stop the coot. Sure, I gave it a try, but someone else has to finish that mad coot with the eye. He hides in the gutters where a soul bleeding out looks just like the others. All those people without. Ah, you still think that I'm crazy. That my marbles are lost. But what if I'm right? Can you imagine the cost of a coot unopposed running free in the streets, bleeding the soul of any who that he meets? So when you find yourself on the 32A and you see an old top hat, yes, you could look away. But I'm betting on you, on your courage and pluck. Betting you won't let that coot run amok. No one else can confront that coot eye slash abyss. It will have to be you. So ask yourself this. Could you turn aside when you see that coot eye? Could you turn away and let other hoos die? No, don't do it for me. Do it for the who mothers, 
protecting her babies and sisters and brothers. It's all down to you now. No one else has a clue. Nobody to stop that mad cooch. Only you. About the story. Fourteen years ago, Henry Gaudet left his native Pennsylvania to make a new home for himself in the Irish Midlands, where he lives with his Irish wife and semi-Irish son. He never, never writes in verse. About this story. Henry says, At first, I thought this was going to be a simple susification of the Poe classic. But along the way, it became its own story. In the shadow of each, but down the street about half a block. Green Eggs and Horror is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, U.S. license. That means you can give it away and share it however you like, but don't take credit for it or sell it. Davin Creed wrote and produced the intro music, as well as the soundtrack for today's story. The outro music was written and produced by Heather Nixon. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in a physical copy or a digital copy, you can find Green Eggs and Horror on Amazon, Kindle, and on greenegsandhorror.com.